Did you call Paul, but you still haven't been able to settle on a good design with a competent kitchen designer? You better call Paul. Again. What the heck? Call him three times. Hi, James. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you great. Uh, welcome to uh, Better Call Paul. Took the time to just print out what you had and you showed me before. And I'm just sort of yeah. comparing it to what you have now. Let's see. So that's the really big window. What height are the windows? You know, your countertops seem like they're going through the window. So does that mean that the windows are actually lower than the height of the countertop? So the the like the one by the kitchen sink is just flush. Okay. With the countertop. The one, the other one, we're gonna raise up. So I'll okay. probably raise just above it, just so I can put an outlet there or something. Okay. Oh, Nothing's labeled. Either. All right. Hold on one sec. Okay. So is your wife with us too? Yeah, Chelsea's right here. Hi, Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. <laughs> how are you? Um, good. How are you doing? Good. So I'm looking at the new plans that you've got, and it looks like you've got a new set of concerns. You eliminated some, but then created some others. So in your design, when we're looking at, I guess this is the best version of the design. Um, when we're looking at the design, um, you know, the issues that you've got is, first off, you have... Um, the countertop that's to the right of the sink is just about unusable because you have all those tall cabinets all right next to you, right? So yeah. getting the tall stuff away from where you are, giving yourself at least enough room that you can stand in front of the countertop and not trap yourself and everything else is sort of an important concern. You don't have the problem with the cabinets all reaching the ceiling any longer. And, you know, certainly if you're doing this design, what I would do is if the cabinets are ending six inches from the ceiling, even though you'd like modern cabinetry, I would just put a flat piece of wood, you know, even with the face of the doors on the cabinets that matches the cabinets up to the ceiling. So you're not creating a space that collects dust that you have to clean, yeah. but it will still look modern because it's a flat, you know, panel. And then you still also have the the one issue of we discussed it, and I mean you're okay with it, I guess, of the cooktop being on the island, right? So when we yeah, so yeah, I, I think we want that, and maybe this is not a, a big deal, but I think we want that just because then when you're at the cooktop, the island is big enough that like with kids sitting at the island, they would never be able to touch it, mm -hmm. but. You could still cook at the cooktop and look into the living space. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe that's a bad way of thinking about it, but that, that's the rationale, I think. Yeah, so you're just going to have a problem venting it. Yeah. If you're either going to have a what's called a peninsula hood coming down, that will be the thing that will work best. And it will you know, yeah. obscure your view of the other room, but it will prevent grease and smoke and everything from coating the whole room. And then the other thing is, you have a very bad relationship between your cooktop and your sink. 
Like ideally you want to go from the sink to the cooktop. You want them either on continuous countertop together or you want yeah. them opposite each other. And you've got neither here. Okay. And you've also done another big faux pas of having your refrigerator directly in back of your cooktop. Was that you or another customer that had that in their old design too? No, that wasn't you. That was another customer. Like that's the number one thing that you shouldn't, you know, th this another designer for another person that called into the podcast. I think the same day that you called last time, their designer did this. It's really just about the worst place your refrigerator can be is right in back of either your cooktop or your sink. Because now every time the kids want to go to the refrigerator and get something or anybody else wants to get something, they're right in the middle of your prep cooking working area. So you want to so somehow remove your refrigerator from this kind of location. Yeah. So what's the solution to this? I would think maybe the simplest solution would be moving your refrigerator. If we're just going to keep your design sort of as close to the way it is as possible, we take your refrigerator and we get it off of where it is now and we put it all the way at the end near the fireplace. And maybe you put a big tall pantry cabinet first, then the refrigerator, and then uh, a panel on the side of the refrigerator. And yeah. that now has removed the refrigerator from, you know, it's going to close in your kitchen a little bit, but it now puts the refrigerator on the end so that kids and everybody going to the refrigerator interferes with no one. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is, is we take your double ovens. If everybody insists on the things that they want, even if it destroys their design. So, you know, if you're going to have double ovens and a cooktop, then, you know, you don't want it to be ruining your kitchen. So really the only place they can go that sort of makes sense would be where the pantry is on the other side of the other window. And then that's a really good place for them because then now you can take something out of the oven and bring it over to the place that it's probably going to go, which is the cooktop, without interfering yeah. with anything and everything else. So the only problem with all that, that design is just that you've lost the bigger pantry in that equation. You have a smaller pantry yeah. than you have the refrigerator, or you have the refrigerator and a smaller pantry. But now everything works, and you have tons and tons of countertop. Yeah. But... I'm looking at the design and there's not really a picture on the right side of the pantry. The wall comes back down there, right? I think you but, got, we got rid of on this new one. Yeah. You, you got rid of the, the cabinets that were returning there, right? That were coming oh, yeah. down that wall towards the doorway. So Correct. it's more expensive because it's more cabinetry. You know, we have to address the direction of your island and your sink and your cooktop. You know, maybe if you did this version, you could put another sink. You'd have two sinks, maybe one big sink that would be your uh, sink where your dishwasher is, which could be where it is right now. And then another prep sink in front of the other window, right? With all this countertop, that would be good. But the good thing about that prep sink is now that at least will be in back of your cooktop and you can go back and forth between that prep sink and the cooktop. Again, it's hard not to break rules when you don't know what the rules are. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it just sort of, you know, it's not surprising that that's sort of just what happens. 
when you the design like the, the thing that I sent you that was sort of a, a you know still a lot of cabinetry but it really solved a whole bunch of problems right the design I sent you had the refrigerator and a big pantry you know it gave you more cabinets it had you turning the corner where your pantry cabinets are now and then it had either a utility cabinet you could have a big pantry then the refrigerator you could make that an oven cabinet if you wanted to it had a range or you could do a cooktop and double oven cabinets but it had a range on the wall and nothing on the island right the island had no cooktop yeah. so you were venting outside very inexpensively you know i don't know which way the joists run in your room if i had a guess doesn't really make a difference so your cooktop can vent out in whatever direction the joists go your cooktop can vent out if you're going to have a peninsula hood coming down in my design you were getting a an island that people could sit at and you could work at but it had no cooktop in it so you don't get to face everybody when you're working at the cooktop but then you don't have anything hanging down either that's the rub is Anytime we give you something good, you get something bad with it. And you have to be the ones that sort of choose the, you know, what's the problem you want to live with. If, if you go with the, the cooktop on the island, I'm, again, I don't know any rules or anything. Mm -hmm. Is there a downside of doing the like venting beneath and out? Downdrafts don't really work well. Okay. You certainly have to get a cooktop that's, like either an induction cooktop or some kind of electric cooktop because you, you can't really have a downdraft in a gas cooktop because the gas cooktop and the, the suction is going to be pulling right across the flames of your gas cooktop. Yeah. So you would get an electric yeah. cooktop. And then if you're downdrafting, again, that's relatively expensive and hot air rises. So it, it doesn't really work very well. And then again, you have to decide how often do I cook? What kind of things do I cook? In our area, there's lots of people that do ethnic cooking, Indian, Pakistani, Chinese yeah. customers that are doing things that create a lot of smoke and have a lot of grease. They won't buy a house with a downdraft because they all know better. They know that their whole house is going to get all coated with grease and stuff um, when they're doing the cooking that they're doing, if they're doing authentic cooking. So the most important thing for them is to have a hood over the top of the cooktop. So you sort of have to weigh all this stuff. You know, who's in your neighborhood? Yeah. Kind of stuff that you cook. How important is this for you? How much do you clean? Are you willing to clean more and rub your cabinets down if you're more smoke and more greases not being captured? But downdraft cooktops definitely don't work very well. You also, you have a basement below that would make it easy to downdraft and then get it out. Yeah, there's a basement right beneath it. That's the disadvantage of the downdraft. And then your choice is either you get a, a venting system that doesn't work so well, or, or you have a hood that's hanging down. And the more it hangs down, the better it works. So, you know, ideally you yeah. want maybe 30 to at most 36 inches above the level of the countertop. The countertop's at three feet. So if it comes down to the, the minimum, which would really be 36, then it would be if you're under six feet tall, it's not necessarily really in your way. Your eyes yeah. are below the level of the of the peninsula hood. But if you're tall, it's obscuring your view. And certainly, you know, get a nice looking one because it's a central piece of your kitchen. Yeah, it's the focal point on that point. Right.
Um, so, the other just like question that we have mm-hmm. or that I had the call and it, it might be a mood point now with some changes that we're going to make, but I feel like I walk into a lot of kitchens now that have part of the kitchen, you know, it has the countertop and then it has uppers that basically go to the countertop and allows you to hide toasters, coffee makers, whatever. A two level countertop. Is that what you're saying? Well, you have like a, you have a countertop and then you have like an upper cabinet that goes all the way to the countertop. Oh, okay. Sure. Uh, and then uh-huh. like a little, has like a little, you know, door, whatever that lifts up that you then allows you to hide. Yeah. So that's, and coffee yes. Bags. It's called an appliance garage or a timbre yeah. or whatever, an appliance cabinet. There's a bunch of different kinds. The kinds that roll up are, are, are timbers. They're, they're appliance garages that, you know, it works like a, a roll top desk. It could, they go up yeah. and the advantage of those is they're the least expensive and um, they don't, obsc- a lot of people don't like the looks of them and they're not as contemporary. If you got one with a door lifted up, that's the most modern one. It's way more expensive. And when that door lifts up to expose the appliances below and it will fold back over the wall cabinet doors above it. And so you won't be able to get at those cabinets when your garage door is up. And then there's another kind that flips up, which is really the worst kind. The one that flips up is terrible because when that flips up, you can't stand at the countertop and see what you're working at because the door is sticking out covering the countertop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can you can add those to lots of different locations. Yeah, I, I just didn't know if you would be like, yeah, I think it's worth the cost to have something like that to hide things away. Or if it's like, no, nah, that's why you have lowers, right? Like, So you've got a wall, you've got a wall missing that the designer had in their design. That's the wall that's to the right of your, like the wall to the right of your pantry doesn't exist, but it existed in your other plan. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, uh, in this one, we would tear that wall down. So you, and where does that go? That goes into our dining space. So oh, that goes into your dining there. space. That's a really good wall. To yeah. Tear down there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we thought if we tear that down, it kind of opens it up and makes it so that you have a kitchen table that you can actually sit at. That yeah. Isn't cut off. Yeah. I think that works. You know, these. It's just when you do and lose the wall space that is the most convenient, like you said, for the fridge or for a pantry. No, but I think that's more important. It's a huge thing not to have, we call it communication between the the kitchen table and the kitchen work area, right? Your family is not going to eat at the island. The kids may sit around the island and talk to you while you're working. Uh, They'll eat lunch there. People might have breakfast at the island. But when it comes time for dinner, nobody's sitting at the island. Everybody's going to be sitting normally um, at the at the dining room table because people want to face each other. So, um, yeah. so if everybody's eating at the dining room table, having it be in another room is a real sacrifice. Johnny, do you want a glass yeah. of milk? Everybody's running to the doorway, and you know, heaven forbid sure. you get old like me, then you know, hearing isn't as good, and they can't hear or <laughs> asking you from the next room and. But uh, yeah, taking out that wall, if that's going to be your primary dinner area, that's the best thing you can do. That's a good thing. Yeah. So now we, we if we, we took, 
choose that as the one sacrifice that you really have to make than, you know, whatever else that you've got, you know, you know, you, you just operate from there. Yeah. And that's how we kind of got to the design. We took that wall out and then in order to get counter space, we raised the window and it mm -hmm. kind of snowballed. Mm -hmm. um, I guess, I don't know if this would be like the easy solution to some of your, the things you commented about the fridge and the oven, but if you were to just rotate the island 90 degrees mm -hmm. so that the cook, you know, was right across from the sink mm -hmm. and then you sat it facing the sink, I feel like the island might be a little bit more narrow, which is fine. And then um, it relieves a lot of the things that you were talking about with the fridge and the cooktop mm -hmm. and the sink and the cook you know, the other thing, too, is what's the outside of your house made of? I've forgotten. Um, the wall that the refrigerator is on is like a brick. And then the back wall of the kitchen sink is just a like stucco wall, yeah, siding wall. So the, the unfortunately, the window that you're raising up is brick. Yeah. So you're going to you yeah. know, either have to put a flower box underneath there or that window actually went down almost all the way to the floor. So they're doing some brick yeah. work. You might yeah, well, they, open a bigger can of worms. And the really the best place for the refrigerator is not where I said initially by your fireplace and everything and ruining the whole that whole part of the kitchen. The best place for the refrigerator is where the pantry is. But that area is not quite maybe big enough for the refrigerator. And then we haven't figured out where your ovens are going yet. You could also narrow that window. If you narrowed that window to give you more space or something, nobody ever wants to make windows smaller because they're losing light, but you're also going to gain light when you take out that whole wall between the dining room and the kitchen. Now, all the, right. the windows in the, in the dining room are going to be flooding light into the kitchen. Yeah. And the other side of that wall in the dining room, there's like a floor to ceiling, nine foot wide window. Really oh, okay. If you move the refrigerator over there where the where the pantry was you have to figure out where your ovens are going to go i mean i don't like it that much i it's better to have your ovens at the end of a run but if you had your yeah. ovens in back of your cooktop that wouldn't be a crisis because you're going from one to the other right yeah would and, you say it's more important to have your ovens like that, or to have your cooktop like facing or on the same line as your sink? Well, it, you could also just it's put like, a sink over on the other countertop. You know, it could be a really small sink so that you can go back and forth and be cutting and chopping and doing and washing vegetables or whatever you got to do, and then just turning around and then putting them on the, you know, on the cooktop or whatever. Um, that's another yeah. solution if you wanted it to be. Um, mm -hmm. you could also, I, I don't know, it's, where does each window face? Um, the one where the sink is now faces our backyard. The, and that's where, and that's the, the one that you really want to be facing the most, right? Yeah, exactly. The other one, there's like 15 yards, 10 yards, and then you run into our neighbor's house. So it mm -hmm. our neighbor. You'd have a problem, but or I wouldn't recommend doing this if, if you were doing a downdraft, but if you were gonna have a hood over your cooktop, you could make your cooktop 
a slide in range so that it had one oven underneath it. Yeah. So you had, and it actually doesn't really cost very much money because the cooktop yeah. that you're going to buy probably costs around exactly the same amount of money as a slide in range. And then you're also not going to be buying a cabinet and you're not going to be paying for the countertop that would have been there. So it actually saves you a bunch of money. And now you've got one oven and a cooktop. And then if you put, let's say, your second oven in a tall cabinet that was over by the fireplace, yeah. then that oven could be like a speed oven that was like a microwave and a convection oven combined. It's in a good location. You could be using it as a microwave and taking stuff out and working over there. When you're using it as a microwave, you could be using it as a second oven. You could be using it as a warming drawer. But now you got the two ovens and you eliminated the tall cabinet and at least one of your ovens, you have nothing tall then over where the refrigerator and the ovens are now. Now it's just continuous countertop. Yeah, no. And then that oven cabinet that's on the end you're only going to really be losing if it's like a speed oven and it's 20 inches high or something like that. It's really a pantry with just the middle of the pantry eaten up by a, a small oven, you know, because it's only one oven. Yeah. So yeah. that's another solution. That's a lot of continuous countertop. But then if you do, the other thing that you were talking about is like somewhere along there, you put appliance garages, maybe in the corner or wherever you decide that you want them. You can get everything off the countertop and sort of hidden. And if your refrigerator is down at the end, that's a really good thing because one, it's not right in the middle of your living room. And then secondly, it's right next to the table. So if you're getting something, then you're close to the table to get something and then sit at the table to get something and then go to, you, you have the path right straight to the living room from there that doesn't put you walking through the working part of the kitchen. Those are good compromises. Yeah. And then the other thing too, is having a tall cabinet, let's say with the oven in it to the left of the sink, that's not really a bad idea either. Cause that sort of blocks the view of your sink from your living room. You're not looking at a sink with dishes in it and everything else, at least as easily if it's in that yeah. location. And then all the countertop that's over there is unnecessary anyway. The countertop that's in back of your cooktop is more, you know, more useful. But I think yeah. if I did do that design, I would put a second prep sink somewhere in back of the oven. Yeah. In back of the cooktop, I mean. And, well, and then it's by the fridge and the cooktop, right? So it's a nice little triangle. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, is it can be really small. It doesn't have to be big at all. You can even have a cutting board made to be put it put over it if you wanted to. It's very common nowadays, too. It's a new thing. But to separate the cleaning area from the your dishwasher and your sink area, that's a cleaning area. And now people can be cleaning stuff up. And then you could also still have a sink and a cooktop and ovens and everything else to be working at while someone's working and cleaning. So you have a cleaning station and then a you know a work and cutting and washing and chopping areas that aren't you know interfered with by the cleaning area. It's a more contemporary kind of layout and you got you like contemporary styles that all works too. Yeah, that's fair. So you got a new set of things to wrestle with. But, uh, <laughs> you thought of the most important thing on your own which is getting rid of the wall between the dining room and the kitchen. Yeah. Well, I, I 
you you thought of that and I just did it. <laughs> I thought of that? I didn't know. Um, <laughs> well, well, you mentioned in that last call, you just said if your dining room's on the other side of that, this fall is probably the most important thing to get rid of. Oh, okay. So I, did I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least I'm consistent then. I can't remember our other phone call, but our, our podcast engineer was saying that uh, we should have some customer, like, I don't know, you guys are, everybody's so much younger than us, but my, the, the podcast engineer and myself, we're both old. So we used to listen <laughs> to car talk. I don't know if you know what car talk it, it was. Yeah. yeah. So like car, car talk essentially was the first podcast or the first real, you know, popular <laughs> podcast sort of. But on car yeah. talk, they always would have this episode where they go back and talk to somebody after they, you know, they gave you advice or whatever, and then they compare it to what they sort of said before. So he was saying, we should find a customer that we can go back in time. And so this is sort of funny. This sort of uh, is uh, this is it. Uh, fulfilling the podcast engineer's dream, Mark's dreams. So, uh, <laughs> and then maybe we check in with you after your whole kitchen is done. And then you can tell us, tell us if we helped or if we, <laughs> you know. Hey, you've already, you've already helped a ton. I, I know it doesn't look like it. This is like my 10th iteration of this kitchen. <laughs> so I, I did a lot of iterations and we got a little designer. Uh, we no longer have that designer and now I'm back to some iterations. And so Good. I just. Uh, In some respect, that designer was doing some bad things that it th means that they're not really that much help. I mean, if they're doing yeah, I, mistakes and doing stuff that, you know, you, you can make mistakes on your own. <laughs> you, you don't need help yeah. that. Yeah. So, I, I guess that's my question. I don't, you know, I've, I've never designed a kitchen. I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, is there, and maybe it's a podcast I should go back and listen to. I haven't found that episode yet, but like, how do I go about finding a designer that's worth well, I don't know where you're located, but we actually have a sort of a podcast that discusses that, but I can just quickly sort of tell you how I do it. In fact, if you want, we can try to find you one right now. We have a whole formula. If you've been on our website, there's a whole bunch of kitchen yeah. places we recommend all around the United States. We probably don't recommend one near you, but you're going to tell me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see one. So we can take before. a shot at finding it the formula that we use to find the places that we recommend, we don't know those places or the designers there. We're really very much about them, but we can tell a lot by their online presence. So what we do is we go to house.com. Um, you, you've been probably been to yeah. house, right? So yeah. every kitchen design company or every kitchen cabinet dealer has to have, if they're, if they're any kind of normal company has to have a, a, a house page and they're going to showcase a lot of their kitchens on that house page. And probably they're going to try to put their nicest kitchens or at least a lot of kitchens and most of them really, really nice. At least they should be putting the, the nicest ones up front. So we yeah. go, we, we can type your zip code into house and then look at the kitchen and bath designers that come up and then we look at their house page and here's the funny thing. We eliminate anybody that shows mistakes on their designs on their house page. And that makes sense because 
you shouldn't be showcasing mistakes. Like we have kitchens that have mistakes in them because the customers insisted on them. Either we don't yeah. put them on house or we bury them and make them the hundredth and fiftieth kitchen that no you would have to scroll forever to ever see them. But we still get credit yeah. for that location, so it helps us helps customers that are close to that other person find us. But we don't put them up front. So when we we use that criteria, eighty percent of all kitchen companies are eliminated. That only twenty percent of the kitchen companies show kitchens that don't have major mistakes in them in their you know top five or six designs. You know now we have a quite a reduced group of designers that we're looking at then we look then we take that we go to their website and we look at their website and we see what kind of cabinet brands they carry and then we can tell a lot from the cabinet brands if they carry good brands that are well made that are you know we think are good value then that says that's another credit for the company and then lastly we go and look at their google reviews you never want to look at a company's house reviews because everybody has good reviews. If you get bad reviews on house, there's something wrong with your company. Because essentially, the way people review you on house is you ask them to, essentially. On Google or on Yelp, anybody that has a complaint, people on Google, you know, we've got some mostly great reviews, but we have some bad reviews, but they're not from customers of ours. There's from people that I got mad at when I told them things they didn't want to hear. So uh, <laughs> if you can get good reviews on Google, then nobody's mad at you out there. And that's a good, so we, we can do that formula right now. But now that you are, I've explained it, you can sort of do it on your own. But if you want, I'll go into house and then just type in your zip code and see if anybody pops up. Sure. It's 63011. Missouri. Okay. Oh, looks like you're pretty close to St. Louis. So, yeah, I mean, the stuff, yep. Well, the first person that pops up, let's see if they're an ad or not. In the uh, listings, you'll see if you look to the right-hand corner of that company, it will tell you if they're coming up what's called organically or if they pay yeah. to arrive there. The first person, cabinetry by design, is sponsored. So they're paying to be there, but they do have 45 reviews or 43 reviews and they got five star reviews. So that's good on house. But like I said, we, we care more about, you know, what kind of reviews they get in other areas, but we'll just take a look at their website now. Oh, here we go. Bremtown, Homecrest, Quest, Kemp. Okay. All right. They've gotten past two out of the three tests. They have some very, very <laughs> expensive cabinetry that we actually used to carry Bremtown which is an incredibly expensive custom cabinet company, but they also carry Homecrest, which is an, a less expensive cabinet company. And then they have a couple other ones. Quest, I think, might be a frameless European style that you guys might like. And then I don't really know Kempf, but they might not have the... Con eh, Homecrest has... So the problem with Homecrest is that it's a framed cabinet brand. I really like it a lot for being a pretty reasonable cabinet brand, but the frameless cabinets are nicer when you when you have a slab doors because the gaps between the doors are tighter. They're not they're not we, quite as durable. We, but go ahead. If we went, I was going to say I, from your podcast, I've learned that 
if at all, if you are willing, you should probably go framed cabinet or frameless cabinet. Well, it's just that this makes no sense to get frameless cabinets unless you're getting a contemporary door style because it, okay. you know, you're not giving up anything. It doesn't look worse. But with a contemporary okay. door style, you might want a frameless cabinet if you really want it to look sleek. And you know, you'll give up a little bit of durability, but if you got plywood sides on the cabinets and the sides were three quarters inch thick, then you'd have the best made frameless cabinet and you'd only get a B in our construction ratings on our on our website. B's passing grade, it's still okay. Yeah. And it would be a better look. But so this company looks like at least it's a, maybe a good start. They're cabinetry by design. Let's just see what they do on Google. They only have three Google reviews yeah. and they've got a 3.7. So let's just see what the complaints were. Well, they have one person that's mad at them. Yeah. I mean, it's not a good, <laughs> it's not a good review. Yeah. So, yeah. I just was so get it next person only has seven reviews. So that's maybe not enough. Detailed designs by Denise that she's got a, some stuff going on right on the first picture. Seeger's Custom Kitchens, Signature Kitchen and Bath. Well, I used to work for a company called, so they only got 4.4 on house. That's hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's harder to get all three areas. It's harder than you, you think. So Yeah, I can. Uh, I, I guess, like, I, I'm happy to go off of your biggest mistake. <laughs> uh, design mistakes on your website and kind of do a analysis off of how great um, designing cabinetry let's see if i'll just try one more seeger's custom kitchens the only problem with a company that says custom kitchens it just makes me think that they're really expensive so correct but it doesn't necessarily mean like our the name of our company is mainline kitchen design Oh, that's a mistake right there, too. That frightens a lot of people away because the main line is an expensive area of outside of Philadelphia. Like, but we're not expensive. Uh, this I guess as you're doing that, that's, that's like my... So I, I went to... When I was finding designers, I went originally... I went to one designer, and then I was talking to my contractor, and he's like, oh, I know them really well. If you want to go there, it's going to be double the cost. Like, just just times to what you're thinking. And that seems like really expensive to me. And I just don't know what. What your contract yeah, is, they, the, the cabinet company was really expensive. Well, my contractor just said he's worked with that designer before. And he's like, that designer will just make it so that everything's way more expensive. Right. Um, well, and, I mean, and I, I just don't know if you're like, you know, you, you pay for what you get with designers, obviously, but uh, like. Well, not so much be... necessarily, right? I mean, sometimes the best, the, the best designers don't work at the most expensive places. Usually the designers that actually make the most money work for companies that sell cabinets across the price spectrum, which is what we do. So you want to get inexpensive cabinets? We have inexpensive cabinet brands. And you know what? 
inexpensive cabinet brands, the design process is much simpler because they don't make everything. The amount of appointments yeah. that are needed are not as many. When you actually yeah. figure it out per hour as a designer, we make very similar amounts of money for inexpensive kitchens as we do on the most expensive kitchens. Oh. And by carrying a bunch oh. of different brands, it actually educates the designers in everything that's out there and makes them better designers. So usually companies that carry lots of brands, those designers that work there have to be more knowledgeable because they have more products that they're selling, but they're not pigeonholing customers. Everybody that comes in isn't being forced to get custom cabinets. Yeah, yeah. And, and that I that with this lady, the cabinets are very expensive. And Yeah, if that's all you carry, that's actually a sign that you're not that good, right? Because okay. a lot of times people design in custom cabinet companies and only custom cabinet companies because they can't paint between the lines, right? <laughs> they can't make something. Yeah. If we're good, we can design a, a really beautiful kitchen in any cabinet brand and, you know, work around it. And then the other thing, just to give you some information when you're looking for cabinet companies, another detail, if you find a kitchen cabinet company that sells kitchen cabinets and they sell craft-made cabinets, I like craft-made as a company, but just the act of selling craft-made cabinets means as a company, you're willing to compete against Home Depot and Lowe's and because they both sell craft made. So you pretty much yeah. have to be pretty reasonable. You have to be right around the same price point as the home centers. And so if you find a company that carries craft made, they'll also carry several cabinet brands, as do Home Depot and Lowe's carry bunches of cabinet brands, and they won't be very much different. And then generally, the designers that would work at that company would be better than the designers that work at Home Depot and Lowe's. Yeah. I mean, the Home Depot and Lowe's sells good, cap, well-made cabinetry. So it's that's not the problem. It's just that the likelihood you're going to get somebody knowledgeable there is less. But if you were lucky and you found somebody that maybe got sick of hustling and was, you know, a little bit older and wanted his health insurance and maybe wasn't the greatest salesperson in the world, but is a knowledgeable kitchen designer, there's people that will be working there that will be good. And then craft made cabinets and some of the other brands like American Woodmark at Home Depot and Shenandoah at Lowe's are good brands. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll have to look um, around for craft. I'll just give this one last one a shot. All right. Let's see which kind of review she gets. Ooh, bingo. Okay, 22 Google reviews and she's got 5.0. She's definitely not as opinionated and obnoxious as me. So uh, <laughs> so that, I think that that's, perspective. so it's called Perspective Cabinetry and Design, Webster Groves, Missouri. That's close to you, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and they're the like cabinets they have, you would say, oh yeah, they're, they, yeah, they have cabinets that I like. Her designs don't have any mistakes in them. She's got uh, good Google reviews and good cabinet brands. So she meets the criteria. I'm not sure how many designers work there, but it looks like the different designers maybe even almost have their own house pages. She, Paula, Anna, that designer doesn't have any mistakes on her designs. So she might be a good person to find. And then okay. if we go to perspective cabinetry and designs they, they everybody gives them good reviews 
Yeah, they have a bunch of different designers. So the first one says Patty Martino and the rest of the crew. But everybody seems to be happy with the company. And Patty yeah. seems like she gets a lot of good reviews too. But it seems like it's a good company to work with. And then this one woman, Paul, yeah. at least has no mistakes on the designs that she shows on house. Okay. Well, thank you for... I feel like that was above and beyond to help me find a yeah. knowledgeable designer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So uh, again, maybe you'll call back after she's working with you. We'll find out, you know, hopefully maybe when you're all done or if you need more help along the way and you want to critique it, feel free to call back in. You're our uh, click and clack project. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Appreciate all right. It. All right. Good, to good talking to you both. Nice talking to you again, James, and, and nice meeting you, Chelsea. Thank you. All right. Thank take you. care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Mainline Kitchen Design Podcast with nationally acclaimed kitchen designer Paul McElary. This podcast was brought to you by Brighton Cabinetry, high-quality custom cabinetry at competitive prices. For more on kitchen cabinets and kitchen design, go to www.mainlinekitchendesign.com.